Good morning, everyone. Uh, what you're about to hear is a bonus episode that was available to my Patreon subscribers several weeks ago. Typically on these bonus episodes, they take on a bit more of an audio diary sort of shape just because I don't like bringing guests onto these bonus episodes just because I think it's not really fair to them to have their conversation hid behind a paywall. So, uh, so far what it has been over on Patreon is me just turning on the microphone and going uh, off about how the show is doing, how I'm feeling that day for uh, an hour or sometimes a little bit less. Uh, so this particular episode, I just kind of get pretty raw. Um, I got frustrated with working on the show. I got frustrated with how the show is doing, and I just go off about it. I just let loose. Um, I think it's a conversation that a lot of artists in my state, content creators in my state, don't usually have. I think there is this shut up and grind sort of sensibility when it comes to working on this level where you just put up or shut up and you don't really get into how you feel about it and the icky little feelings you have deep down in your soul. Um, I go off. I talk about how really I just wanted to throw my fucking hands up in the air and quit and just walk away from the whole thing. And I'm sure that a lot of people who create content at such a low level uh, certainly the people that I talk to have felt the same way at some point. And after I released that episode, I had a, a lot of engagement with my Patreon subscribers uh, who reached out to me, who talked me through some of those feelings and gave me some words of encouragement, gave me some advice to make the show better. And I plan to work with that advice. I don't have a guest on this one. It's just me. I am the I am the subject. I am the guy who's struggling. I am the artist who's starving here. And I'm just going to give you guys some insight to how this can really suck. And I think y'all should do it anyway. If you have fun, if you're enjoying what you're doing, that's all that matters. And if I come off as a big sob baby by the end of it, well, you know. Sometimes feelings are hard, and sometimes men have them. What are you going to do? Thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to the show. Uh, if you are interested in checking out any of those bonus episodes or getting on the Discord server, uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash undergrounded. There is a $3 tier, and that is it. There are no higher tiers. Uh, all I'm delivering there is two bonus episodes a month, and a link to the discord server so um, if you have any interest in that check that out it's uh it's just a couple bucks a month and it goes a long long way i've had uh 20 so patreon subscribers already great bunch we've had a great bunch of conversations on the discord server and i plan to get more involved with that so again that's patreon.com undergrounded thank you so much and enjoy the show Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Breno, and you have been incredible and amazing enough to do the things necessary to gain access to yet another very exciting, very incredible episode of Undergrounded, uh, exclusive to Patreon. So, you just have to, just let's, let's sit and marinate on that for a bit. Let's just meditate on your premium status. I, I think that's fair. I think that you should just kind of swirl that wine glass on your comfiest chair as you listen to the show and just indulge in the reality that you are richer than the average person, than the average listener. You do not compromise in terms of the quality of your podcast. You are willing to pay for the most premium shit. And I, I intend to give it to you. I absolutely do. 
whether or not that becomes a reality, whether or not you actually do get the finest, highest quality podcast you can possibly get, I don't know. I can't say for sure. All I can do is assume that I'm a master at my craft and deliver to you accordingly. You're the connoisseur, not I. I am but the artist. You are the consumer. You you are the expert here. So take that for what that's worth. Um, a lot of these have kind of turned into more of the place where you're going to get, oh, geez, more like a... Like, a, like an audio diary, audio blog kind of a thing, because I mean, I, I just myself, I would never bring an interview onto um, uh, onto Patreon. I don't I don't think that's really fair. I mean, I've, I've thought about maybe having some very close friends on and that's still possible in the future. I know I've said that the last four times, but I, I, I just I don't I, I feel bad if I were to bring somebody on the show and then have their commentary just like closed off behind a paywall. And I know that you're amazing and you're like premium and you're exclusive and you deserve the best and you deserve access to things that other people can't get. But I mean, as far as the consideration for um, the other person here where they have a story to share, I just, I, I wouldn't want that to be closed off. I would want as many people as physically possible to get access to that content right that makes sense um my nose is really itchy so if you just hear me go like in the middle of a sentence or something that's why i just I have the itchiest nose which is amazing during a pandemic when your nose is just the itchiest freaking nose in the world it's just always tickly it's like yelling at me to tickle it in like a high-pitched squeaky voice no nose stop please stop it's fucking there's a pandemic going on. Get a little scratchy, just get a little scratchy, get your nails scratchy my nose hairs your hair. It's just they're trying to tell us to not touch my face, but the second I leave any area where I definitely need to wash my hands before any face touching occurs, there's just little fucking fuzzy little hairs in my nose that just start dancing. They just start going away, man. And I don't this is the this is the nose hair show. You need to understand. This is the scratchy nose podcast. I suppose we could get into some personal artistic angst um, because this is something that I've had to kind of come to, come to terms with very recently. And it might be hard to notice because I know a lot of you um, are active with me on Twitter and I'm still posting on Twitter, but I've actually, in terms of just engaging on Twitter, I have cut back quite a bit. Quite seriously. And this has gone on through other social media as well. Instagram, Facebook, etc. I've made a serious effort to step back. I have um, made an effort to catch myself going to the app and scrolling through. And just hitting the brakes and saying, hey, stop. This probably isn't good for you. Um, and I just... This happened to me when I had posted the episode with uh, O.F. Sieri, the author. I'd posted the episode, and um, this is kind of a feeling I've always had every single time I posted an undergrounded episode. I would just get this kind of tightness around my chest, and I would just kind of feel depressed and just unhappy and, and really just like a general malaise I can't really explain, and I... I just couldn't really figure out why. And my wife was home rather early. Like she usually she gets home from work at about 4.35 o'clock. But in this case, she had come home at maybe like a 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock sort of a deal. And she no, she caught me in this kind of fuge state where I'm just a fucking zombie of misery and she's just she's grilling me about it she's asking me what's really going on in my head like can I can I really just like talk about it and um when that happens I get irritated because you know I'm a manly toxic man and I want to make sure that I'm always perceived as tough and manly and my feelings are always just squashed down into a little ball where nobody can find them and then I just started saying words 
until the reality came out. And the reality, just the, the absolute cliff notes statement here is that I have a toxic relationship with my followers. And this isn't, I, I guess it's not my followers individually. Like it's not, it's not the people. It's the number. It's the algorithm. It is the playbacks. It is the likes and the retweets and the engagement and the comments. It's not the faces of all of you individually. Behind every single profile on Twitter or Instagram, there are human beings, of course. I recognize this. But when you all kind of collectively get together in mass and just respond to something as a crowd, it just it becomes a different kind of engagement for me. And the reason that I get this sort of upset is because I have found myself caring extremely what the followers, like the general number, what the followers think, what appeases them, what makes them happy, what they respond to. Pardon me. Leave it to me without fail to always have my phone just left on ready to vibrate and buzz during a recording. <laughs> um, I've, I should treat you guys better as, as, as patrons. I don't know if I, I do enough for you. I should give you better content than I do. <laughs> I don't know. I just assume that you appreciate the rawness of how these things go. But getting back to the topic at hand, of course, I recognize that I had a toxic relationship with my following online, with my quote unquote fan base. And when I work very hard on something and I'm very proud of something personally, like I was with the OFCRE discussion um if i if i put that online and i share that in a a tweet or a post on instagram and very few people respond to it like the 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 vast majority of the followers and i have about 2200 something followers on twitter and i only get 8 or 9 likes and maybe one retweet on it from the person who's the subject of the interview because that's the thing you do if you get an interview. It's just the proper uh, artistic response. It just – it gets to me. You know, it, it hurts my feelings. It, it makes me feel like I'm doing something that nobody cares about. And I – I had to kind of work this out and recognize that I have a very skewed approach mentally to content creation. And this has been something that I have struggled with my entire life is that I care deeply, harshly, and tragically. I care so vastly what people think of me and think of my output. I put my entire self-worth into the opinions and response of others. And you just absolutely cannot do that at all and have some kind of successful career in content creation you just you you will kill yourself you can't do it you're gonna be just constantly doing the wrong things and you're going to be doing things that you think pleases people and makes the people that you care about happy um i've known for a long time what kind of stuff is a lot more popular and what kind of stuff is a lot easier to consume and digest. And there's always been this thought in the back of my mind that I should just maybe for the sake of doing better 
in terms of views and and clicks and response just try to work on that like actually use some of that knowledge to my advantage but i've always found myself going the opposite direction from that because of some kind of sense of underground diy integrity i've always wanted to do something that is just not at all what is easy and mainstream and i do this to impress this puny very small niche demographic of people that i care about maybe a little i mean i don't want to say i don't care about any people that might be in the scene or, or, or it's wrong to care about the people, but I care about the opinions of a little too much. And I'll be on Twitter and like even little things, like I'll get upset about the fact that I see a lot of things that a lot of people on Twitter say that I just personally disagree with. And when all of these people feel a certain way and I just personally don't associate with that, Instead of just doing like the adult human reasonable thing and just being like, oh, well, we can't agree on anything, I'll, I will find myself in a slump like immediately. Like if I find a general response to a situation going away outside of how I feel about it and I see that all of the people that I've associated myself with and I've burnt my, built my personality around for so many years – I see them taking something in a different direction or talking about how a certain artist sucks or how we should respond to a certain socio or political issue. It just it 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 just makes me feel dissonant to the to, to my peers. It makes me feel like I'm not really belonging to a place where I think I belong. And I think that stems from just lifelong struggle with social anxiety. Uh, I, I have such a hard time engaging with other human beings because I can tell that there's something different going on with me from other people as far as like a social disorder is concerned. I don't know if I can say I'm on the spectrum necessarily. Uh, I mean, I, I do know that I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I do know that I've been diagnosed with severe clinical depression. Um, I've been diagnosed with PTSD from certain things that have happened to me in life. But... I've always just generally felt disconnected to humanity in general. And I have this feeling that when I kind of go around life, uh, it's almost like I feel like I'm a fucking alien or something. And whenever I feel that I've tripped up socially in some way, like I had a conversation with someone and I said something that was too weird like i was trying to make a joke or something and i could tell the joke was a little too out of line or not funny to them or i can tell that i i tried to have a clean and clear point made and i'm having a hard time making that point or there's a word that would really work well for what I'm trying to describe to somebody and I forget that specific word. And so I'm saying they're like an idiot forgetting the word. I don't know all of these things. I, it's like, I just immediately hate myself really hard. The moment that those things happen, when I just feel that disconnect where I weirded somebody out or I just stuttered or, or, or said the wrong words, or I just, like if, you know, somebody says to me, have a nice meal if they're waiting on me and I say, you too. It's just like that little shit. I just feel like that I have, uh, I've, I've been found out 
they've realized that I'm not actually a human person because I've screwed up this little way. And I, I realized that, like, I don't know, everybody kind of screws up in these little ways all the time. But there's just something going on with me where I just I beat myself up so bad on these things. It just it, it, it traumatizes me the moment these things fucking happen. It just racks my brain. You know, and I just, I ruminate on those moments over and over and over and over again. And I just, I can't get them out of my head when they happen to me. And so I'm always trying to blend in. I'm always trying to just put myself in a situation where I'm a person that people uh, are able to engage with easily. And I want to be relatable. I want to be somebody that people think that they can connect with. And in a social media sense, when I put out a piece of media that I worked hard on and it doesn't connect with anybody, uh, I feel like I've, I've failed in that situation. And it's, I guess it's not fair to throw the OF series episode under the bus because they have, I have multiple episodes that have not done well. One of my favorite episodes, like what, a, like honestly, like the best episode for me is the one I did with Nick from Drainbow. <laughs> I, I think he's, I think he's freaking hilarious. I think he had like really weird, interesting stories to tell and he was just such an outgo outgoing, silly guy and he, we just made this like amazing fucking episode. But for some reason, people just totally passed that one over. They just didn't want to hear that episode. And of course, I noticed that the people who had the greatest following, even if it was a small following, the people who had the greatest following obviously gave me the biggest numbers. And I look at that and I'm I'm just like, okay, so I guess that's just what I have to do to get, you know, I'm, I'm not going to develop uh, like a regular audience on this show. The best I can do is to just have like a patchy sort of rise in interest from episode to episode given on who I talk to. And, you know, I, I'm not, um, I'm not here to complain or act entitled to the success of the show. I just, I want to share how I have this little child primate brain that is always going to be inside of me, that is always going to just be throwing tantrums, like micro tantrums over all of these little perceived failures lack of successes. And I just have these micro tantrums over and over and over and over and over again. And it's not just for undergrounded. It's definitely not. I've worked for years on the uh, toilet of hell podcast as well. And for years and years, we after years, we have built up a regular listening of 300, 200, 400 guys. And that fluctuates up and down. And that's just it. And we're never going to uh, get – and like they, they listen to that episode on Thursday – I'm sorry, on Wednesday and then that's it. And it's just – it's always going to be like that. And I will get extremely frustrated because I will make some really stupid joke on Twitter, just some stupid one-off pair of sentences with some stupid meme picture and that will get 200, 400 likes – but I post and, and that took me a, like, you know, 20 seconds to do like the things that I have the most engagement on and do best are the things that are just stupid and took no thought whatsoever. But then, you know, in this show, it's like I, 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 I track down the artist. I get the interview. I get it recorded. I make sure we're OK doing the things. I have this long conversation and then. Finally, I, I go into Reaper and I spend, you know, it's like the, the episode is an hour long and I have to go through the whole episode to make sure that everything sounds right and edit things out and fix things and make sure the audio is all good. So like three hours minimum getting something like that uh, edited in a way that I'm happy with. 
and then um you know so we're we're talking several hours of my life the hour long interview uh the four hour the four or so hours to get it all edited maybe maybe sometimes it takes two sometimes I have a good episode that doesn't take a lot of editing but you got to listen to the whole thing like I will I will edit something and something that I definitely have to do is go back and listen to the whole episode again so that's why it takes so many hours to edit something the point is it's like I'll do something like that I'll work my ass off to put that out there and then that gets no engagement at all it's like poison to people they just they and and i'm i'm sure that many of you feel the same way going through the process of recording like a whole album or an ep or something i mean god like what am i doing complaining about a podcast that shit is there's like no barrier of entry there it's just like it takes all i need is a microphone and some simple recording software and you know, I pay to have a SoundCloud account so I can upload as much as I want and that's it. But you guys, I mean, artists, I've, I've been there. I remember what it was like to take an entire year to come up with material, practice that material all day, every day, sometimes at my home and then record an album, you know, and I felt like I had a pretty good reaction to the album that I was part of. Uh, it wasn't overwhelming, certainly, but, you know, it, it got bought by 20, 30 people. And it got mentioned on some blogs that or pretty organically that I, I didn't coerce into sharing it and everything. I, I thought I had a pretty good response to the album, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I can't imagine that feeling that you must have if you record music, which is extremely hard to do, is put all that together and, and compose all that stuff and then just get no response. Just crickets. And these are, you know, your friends that you engage with online, allegedly, <laughs> and they'll talk to you all the time uh, about any other given subject, but the moment that you're art comes into play the moment your art comes into play it's just nothing it's crickets it's like the moment that something is meaningful and took a lot of time to create and has a lot of emotional attachment to it it's like the harder you work on it the less people care and that is just i i it's just like a kick in the nads all the time. And some people are just, I mean, they're happy with that. And I guess the, the way we can look at that is they're happy with that because they're doing what they're doing for the right reasons. They're just, they're doing it for themselves. And if you were to try to do this what you know and, and I, I mean content creation if you were to try to do it specifically for other people um you felt obligated to do it for other people that's tough that's hard um i was reading this book uh it was called the subtle art of not giving a fuck and i didn't have a lot of background on this Mark Manson guy. I guess he's pretty controversial because he's got some, he does have some dumb opinions on like feminism and stuff like that. Cause he's a white guy with a blog who's in his thirties. So statistically it's just how it is. But I was reading this book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck because it was suggested, uh, from some psychology video that helped me. And he made this, uh, point about how he how he used to play in a band and he just wanted people to care about the music and he didn't love dragging his heavy tube amp up stairs and he didn't love just ripping his fingers apart practicing guitar every day and Eventually, he came to the conclusion that 
you know, since I don't love the little nitty gritty parts of being a musician, then that means I don't want to be a musician. I don't want to do this. This isn't a valuable uh, investment of my time. And he stopped doing it because in order to love making music, you have to love the process. You have to be married to the grind. Like all that stuff pleases you. And all of the people who are successful at music are in that state of mind. Like they love or they have some kind of attachment to the bullshit. Like I'm sure that bands don't love being screwed out of money by venue owners or promoters. and They don't love people being shitty and critical online and they don't love having to get their amplifiers maintained and everything else and they don't love breaking strings. I mean, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't think love is the right word, but they have this caring attachment to the whole process. It's a labor of love for them. And if you don't have that attachment to those processes, if you don't really like all that nitty gritty, then you really just shouldn't be in the game. You shouldn't play the game, you know? And, uh, I don't think the logical conclusion to this is to give up my show because I'm having a hard time with the nitty gritty. And I've, I've considered that I've considered, you know, for the sake of my mental health, is this really what I want to do? Do I really want to keep falling on my face every week and having this weird attachment to how people react to it? Like, why am I doing this to myself? And at the beginning of this episode, I had said something about losing the script a bit. Actually, I think I started re-recording the show, so I might not have said it. But at a certain point doing the show, I have kind of lost the script a bit. I was doing interviews and interviews, and because I am a person who is a people pleaser, and I have that social anxiety, and I want to indulge others and make sure that they're comfortable and they're happy and that I'm not bringing any sort of conflict or bad feelings into their lives... I've kind of allowed this show to be a platform for self-promotion for some artists to just kind of talk about themselves in a way that I don't want to say isn't meaningful or doesn't have value, but I, I, I have kind of forgotten what my, what my original idea was for bringing artists on the show. And it was to talk about exactly what I'm talking about with you today. Like this, this weird kind of just complex that you start to develop by trying to be a content creator at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) I mean, the whole point was I wanted to have these these tough conversations where we just talk about like, man, I, I just can't seem to get what I want out of this. And I got scared of the tough conversations. And the only tough conversations that I've had on the show were with people that either were very, very open and were willing to uh, share that with me. Or they were people that were such good friends of mine, I thought, you know, I figure, that I could see our friendship and our engagement surviving some tough conversations. 
it's like I'm, I'm listening to episodes and I'm like, okay, so at the end of the show, I want to talk to you about your metrics because haha, they're, they're really not that great. Let's talk about why I might think that'd be. And it's like, man, that was like the whole fucking reason I brought you onto the show. Why am I waiting to talk to you about it for like the last two minutes? You know, that's just not how that should have went. It should have like the entire episode should have been your metrics. The entire episode should have been your failures. The entire metric. I'm sorry. The entire episode should have been just how much this sucks and how we're not alone in this and how we all feel disgruntled and how we all feel depressed and how we all feel inadequate at least sometimes because we have grown up in a society that has led us to put worth more specifically self-worth into like the fucking social media game of getting those likes and those retweets. And I will say that I don't just have that feeling of inadequacy when it comes to the show. It could be just like the tweets. It could just be the selfies. Like I'll put up a selfie and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm looking pretty good today. My hair is doing a cool thing. I'll put up a selfie and it gets four likes. It's like, oh, I'm a fucking ugly mess. <laughs> How could I have forgotten that I'm bone hideous and I just, there's nothing I could do about it. Like, uh, or I think I have a really good joke and I share the joke and, you know, five likes, no retweets. It's like, okay, I'm not actually funny. I'm not a funny person. I'm not, I'm not entertaining. I'm not somebody that people want to listen to or give a time of day. It just, I'm not funny. I've, I've always told myself I was a funny guy. I've always thought I could make people laugh, but I guess that's not true. You know, it's everything. It's fucking everything. I, I attach this importance to everything I do in that bubble of social media. And that is why, as I've said earlier in the episode, I've, I've taken the time to step back and, and just stop and stop checking and stop looking at the number and stop considering the people that I'm engaging with as numbers. I saw some piece of advice today about a successful podcast and how you really shouldn't be considering monetizing, monetizing your podcast. First, you should be considering uh, the quality of it, getting it as good as possible, making it better. And, you know, taking your harsh criticisms at first and bringing them up to your face and just kind of saying, okay, what can I do better? Like, let's, let's consider some of these harsh criticisms. What's wrong with my show? How can I focus on that and how can I make it better? And he says something about how you have a lot of work to do. If you're just some podcast that's getting a hundred downloads a day (laughs) and I'm like a hundred downloads a day day what the fuck i would love to get 100 downloads a day what an asshole what a jaded piece of shit who is just so fucking high and mighty on the level of just lifelong podcast fame that he could just say that about anything that we're working on it's just like no wonder we feel like that because these people put value in the numbers it's not about making a quality show. It's about making a quality show for the express purpose of getting all those numbers higher. There's always that strive to go up in viewership. And when you don't go up in viewership, if you don't get those numbers, how could, I mean, it's hard not to feel a little shitty about that. It's just um it's just something that I want to talk about more. It's something that I want to drag out of people that I bring onto the show. I want to have some like real nitty-gritty, like I've been saying, conversations. I want to talk about the muck, man. I want to talk about the shit. I want to talk about the fact that you sold no albums on Bandcamp. That nobody cares about something you worked really hard on. And 
talk to you about why you might think that is and what you might be able to do differently or talk about the fact that you have a fucking chance at hell. I want to be able to have the kind of show where I can say, well, man, I just don't think you have music that's really ready to be released. You know, I, I want to be able to be that guy who can have those conversations with people and not be such a people pleaser and not just let people promote their material and talk about all the different things they've done and what, you know, Oh, you could go check out this. And I was in this band and you can, if you'd like, you can go to this. It's like, I'm not, I'm not fucking, we're not here for that. I'm not here to promote your band. And another tough thing that I have to do is I have to ultimately ignore a lot of people who requested an interview because I feel as though they aren't willing to have the kind of conversations that I want to have. And I don't feel good just ghosting them because I said, yeah, you know, I'll put you on a list and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And I don't want to just not give them response. But I mean, probably the hardest thing ever is would, would be me going into DMs and just be saying, yeah, you know, uh, let's kind of talk about what you want to talk about and see if it's really what I want to have on my show. And if it's not, then the answer is going to be no. I, I seem to just have developed this inability to say no to people because I feel like nobody likes me by default. I feel unlovable by default. And I feel like I don't have the level of self-worth or just worth in general to say no to people and to give people a hard time and to be choosy with people um based on what I'm I'm considering here with this show I don't know I just I don't know what's uh I don't know what it's going to take to kind of get me out of this rut but I think that it's fair that I'm honest about it that I'm at least honest with you guys about it and uh I've kind of hit rock bottom emotionally with that. And, uh, you know, I, it, it does take some time for me to just kind of pick myself up by the bootstraps and just say, hey, you know, this show just got started. <laughs> this just started happening. And if I'm going to compare the metrics with other shows, of course I'm going to feel shitty. Some people are just more popular than I am. It's not a lot I can do about that. I've just, I've always had this complex in everything I've ever done that people don't care. People don't give a shit. That's another default for me is that, you know, people don't give a shit. People aren't going to give a shit. And when... They do give a shit. It's like an accident. It's it's the luckiest day of my life. When I get high engagement on something. And I get a lot of positive feedback on something. And people seem excited about something that I have to offer. Um, when I first, first, very first just announced. And this was a mistake on my part. And I'll, I'll tell you why. But when I had very first announced the goal of Undergrounded and this show that I was starting, I had like it's like overwhelming just support and everybody saying like, man, this sounds like it's going to be a great fucking show. This sounds like an awesome idea. And I, my DM box was just pouring in people. They just they wanted interviews. They wanted to talk to me. People I've never spoken to in my life. People I had no idea who they were. You know, the stuff was getting passed around. Everybody was retweeting the trailer and liking it. And it was just all this hype. And I was just riding this hype train up until the show. And I was just like, man, this is it. Wow, this is, I'm really onto something here. This is really fucking incredible. This is important. Like, I, I'm going to ride this train upwards to fucking kingdom come. I don't, I don't know. And uh, then I started actually publishing the show. And that response just immediately stopped happening uh 
I don't know if it was just like a supportive initial hype thing. People just saw that I was, you know, getting started on something cool and they were just like, yeah, dude, cool. I'm glad you're getting some start on a project. That's exciting to hear, man. Good for you, bro. Um, and then, you know, they, their engagement with me was that initial bit of support and that was it. And I think that that's probably just it. And that's okay. That everybody was just patting me on the back and saying, hey, man, good for you. I'm glad you're getting something started. Cool. But in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, that's great. I'm never going to listen to that. But, <laughs> you know, but they were being that initial bit of supportive at first. But in my fucked up malicious filter that is my brain, I take that as all of these people were really excited about my show and I let them down. I produced a dumb show that wasn't good and didn't meet their expectations and was bad and shitty and I'm bad and shitty and I don't know how to make a good podcast and I should just fucking quit. (laughs) I know this is insane. I know this is just like just crybaby hours every time I do one of these bonus episodes and uh, it's not really reasonable and it's not really fair to feel this way about myself and to feel this way about my show because when I do have people listen to my show and I do have people interviewed on my show you know regardless of what they want to talk about whether it's self-promotion or anything I I always hear really positive things and uh, I was mentioning the guy earlier who talked about how you're a loser if you don't have it I'm sorry, you're a loser if you have 100 downloads a day and you need you have serious work to do, you fucking cretin with your 100 downloads a day. <laughs> um, but he also was talking about how you have to learn from your negative reviews. And I was like, fuck, I don't have any negative reviews. Not enough people are listening to my show. And hey, maybe that's still true, but fuck – Man, why don't we spin this into ego territory? Maybe I'm not worth a negative review. Maybe my show is fucking gold, you know? And uh, it's it, it's the internet's best kept secret. And the only thing I can do is just keep at it. So let's let's summarize. Let's just kind of let, – let's put a, a, a cap on this and, and really have a good, good hearty, uh, positive talk about everything I just said to you. My mental health is – joke my mental health sucks it has sucked my whole life it has spun narratives in my head that are not real and i let that affect me in every possible corner of my life and i have to just stop doing that i have to find a way to quell that shit i've made really great connections from this show i've made very good uh friends even from this show this show has um, solidified relationships I've had with people online that I wasn't that close with before. But then I interviewed them and they have uh, engaged with me on a more personal way since then because we had a great personal conversation. I can't have that relationship with my followers anymore that I've had. I cannot make decisions based on what I think those people quote unquote want. I need to do this for the reason that I started doing this for me. And I think that the theme of this show makes it so that I do outline my creative struggles that I've had in the past, certainly, but my present creative struggles that I'm having with this show. I don't think it would be fair to everybody involved if I were to demand you share your creative struggles with me if I didn't talk to you about my creative struggles and my mental health struggles related to creativity because that's what this show is about. And I'm going to have to start my next round of interviews and I'm going to be very considerate and careful with where I take those interviews and what kind of talks we're going to have on those interviews because I want this show to be as good as I know it can be. 
and I want it to be as good as I know it can be for the 20 people that tune in every week. Sometimes it's 40. Usually it's about 20, 25. The last two episodes were 25 people who listened on SoundCloud. And if those 25 people are sitting there with their headphones and listening to me, or they're driving in their car and listening to me, they're going to get the best fucking show on earth, man. That's just, that's my resolve here. And that's how I'm going to do this. And if those 25 people get such a good show that they tell one person, then, hey, I'll get 50 people. And that's just how this show is going to grow. If it doesn't grow completely organically, then I'm a fraud. It wasn't even worth it. I appreciate the ever-loving shit out of you guys so much. You know, in my last bonus episode, I did go on and I did thank everybody by just saying your names out loud, but I know that's not enough. I I just wish that I could like hug and smooch every single fucking one of you, you know? It's just um it's amazing to me that so many people still do support me and still do care about me enough to show up for me and be here for me through all of this. And I am going to keep doing this because I need it. Clearly I need to heal from this. I need to realize that the whole point of my show is to have the kinds of conversations that cure the fucked up headspaces we put ourselves in when we get disappointed over a lack of our content's engagement. And with that, I'll let you guys go. Thank you so much. I'm going to start getting some people interviewed. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be funny. We're going to be heartbreaking. We're going to do amazing things with this shit, man. I'm telling you. It's just, I just have to stupidly keep believing in it. Blindly, crazily believing in it. It's just where I'm at, man. And uh, that's all I got. And it's it's going to really get got. That's all I can say. (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Love you all. I'll see you soon.